Every gamer has that one game they want all of their friends to play. Maybe it's old. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's obscure. Or maybe it's the game that everyone is playing. Whatever it is, it's that one game you love to talk about. Join us as we ask each other to try this game. Okay, Varen, I know we've had some problems with roguelikes in the past, but let's <laughs> give another one a try. You ready? Bring it on. All right, so today we're talking about Bomber Crew. This was a game released for Windows, Mac, Linux, Xbox One, PS4, and the Nintendo Switch. This came out of uh, Runner Duck Studios and published by Curve Digital. It was released back in July of 2018. And you can right now find this on Steam and the platform stores. This game is a whole it's lot It's not of a mobile game? No, it's not. I, you know, I, I just, it felt mobile. It felt like it was designed for mobile. It was really weird. Sorry, carry I, on. I bet I, you that you could probably do a decent port of this to like a, a tablet and have it work fairly well. Yeah, okay. Um, but the description for this game is it's it's a roguelike, top-down, party management, ship management. So this game puts you in command of a World War II bomber crew that you progressively move through different missions and you help deal with uh, deal with the different campaigns throughout multiple DLCs that this game has gotten, dealing with either the U.S. Air Force or going and dealing with um, uh, secret weapons of World yeah. War II sort of, yeah. uh, sort of expansion. It's, it's a lot of fun, great game to play around with. And I absolutely adore this game. I like roguelikes to begin with, and this is just so delightful it's a beautiful game it the is. soundtrack is is fantastic it's not it's not a high fidelity visual it's um it, it's it's a step above pixel art i think but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's simple models but it does the art works it works perfectly mm -hmm. Absolutely does. It's it's a gorgeous game. The interface I really like. Your your interface is essentially sort of a, a three quarters view of this uh, bomber with the side cut away, so you can see everybody inside. You've got a pilot. You've got a navigator. You've got a radio operator. You've got three gunners, and then you've got a ammo box to refill your gunners' turrets. You've got a bombardier's uh, station who's controlling the bomb bay, and then you've got a first aid station and. Oh, and you've got engines that might get damaged yep. that you need to run out onto the wing and fix. But at, at its core, that is that <laughs> as is as one does. Game. As yeah. one does, yes. You know, go out and kick off the gremlins. But yep. um, let's let's kick into this. What did what did you think of the game getting to play it at first? You know, I really enjoyed it. I was going to do the U.S. Army Air Force missions, uh, and I like that they got that detail right. It's not the U.S. Air Force because the U.S. Mm. Air Force didn't come around to forty nine. It's the U.S. Army Air Force. I was there part of the army. I wanted to do those and said, no, no, do the do the tutorials first one. Okay, fine. And then I just sort of stuck with the B-17. It reminds me a lot of a, I was either Microprose or Lucas Arts game that did this same thing. It was called B-17. Okay. Um, it, it wasn't so cutesy and it was all just sort of images. And then mm. when you got outside the game, it was like low poly 3D. Uh, you could look it up. It's pretty cool. So I, I recognize this game as sort of the um, spiritual successor to several games from the mid-90s. And I really got a kick out of it. It it was like, um, it's everything that FDL should have been, I guess is the best way to put it. Okay. Where you know, you move, you're moving people around and you're making these decisions and you sort of zoom out and you can see the beautiful shot of your airplane and targeting something 
you just need to look at it for a bit. And once the meter hits 100, you don't have to think about it again because your crew will look at it. That's actually what gave me the impression that maybe it was mobile. Uh, mm -hmm. It had that feel to it. But, okay. you know, I mean, I would tweak it a little bit. There are things I would probably do a little differently, but that's my problem. I enjoyed it. I, I, I sort of, you know, tinkered around. I didn't care about giving them silly outfits or anything like that. I gave them, uh, you know, gave them gear and moved on. Yeah. I like that the music has that early World War II feel to it. Mm -hmm. And I look at this game and weirdly enough, I kept thinking, man, I would like to do a Battle of Britain version of this where instead of managing one bomber crew, you managed an airfield of Spitfires. Oh, that'd be that'd be intense. And I was I was looking like that. I would love to do. Like, can I be the flight commander? Mm -hmm. uh, but I know they've actually moved on to their next game called uh, was it Space Crew? Space Crew. Yeah. Uh, I actually went with Space Haven, which is a same sort of game. Which, by mm -hmm. the way, I'm really digging. But this game, yeah, it's it's pretty. It's the the characters creep me out a little bit. They got that baby look to them, and that's a little that's creepy. Fair. Yeah, they got um, the giant head, the small body. Yeah, and like I said, that kind of creeps me out. It's weird, like the. They just decided, and I know they took shit for this, that they have female crew members and they have crew members of color. The Royal Air Force in the Second World War was about as male and lily white as you could be. But you know what? It's 2020 and let's all get over it. It's just a game. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're that dead set, I guess you could just only recruit males. But yeah. I didn't care because I just want to know that they can, you know, shoot. Yeah. Uh, or, or bomb or stuff like that. You know, it was neat. The level of micromanagement, I'm not so sure. Like, do I really have to lower the... Uh, the landing gear do I really have to do that like mm -hmm. the navigation became annoying like oh there's another navigation point why don't you look at it like I kept waiting for there to be some sort of upgrade that would make it make the navigator do it automatically right. things like that maybe it maybe it comes later I don't know um, it, it doesn't really the the upgrades that you get later your your ability to set custom waypoints so that you can choose where you're flying so you're not just flying okay. along the navigator's path see I would have actually preferred one with that the navigator just look after it for you Mm -hmm. Where you wouldn't have to do that, or like yeah. have auto tar, you know, auto spotting, where you don't have to target the enemy. The gunners will do it for you. Yeah. I honestly think I would have enjoyed the game more if I if I didn't have to micromanage those things. But I right. suspect I would have gotten used to it. it would, it's it's one of those things. Yeah, after a while, you you don't even think about the fact that you're doing it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't mind it. It's not glorious, and I know I won't go and buy a space crew. Mm -hmm. But I do want to go back and play uh, U.S. Army Air Force, like that, uh, uh, what do you call it, that expansion pack. Yeah. I have no idea how I wound up with this game, but I've got it and I've got all the DLC for it. I don't even I, know. And I don't drink, for the record, so. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, the amount of times that this game has gone on on Humble Bundles with all of its uh, different expansion it. packs is probably where you got it from. That's probably it, yeah. Yeah. A lot uh, of Humble Bundle stuff in there. <laughs> yeah, you, you wind up with a lot of games and you go, huh, where did it? Where did that come from? When did I buy yeah. that? <laughs> but I don't remember I, drinking heavily. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. So one of, one of the things that I love about this game is the is the micromanagement of it, and a lot of it does wind up getting to the point where it just kind of flies over your head. You just develop the the reflex of the little text crawls up that oh fighters have been spotted you click the middle mouse button you scan your spotting scope over you highlight them for three seconds or whatever it is and then your uh gunners are on top of it yeah and as you go you get more and more into the micromanagey part of it you get upgrades for your navigation expert who can now spot flak ahead and if you just follow his baseline directions he'll fly you straight through the flak or you can set your own waypoints and you can wind up going around it 
you have uh, different abilities that pop up for your uh, different crew members. Your gunners get like a defensive fire where they just they hold everything at bay so you don't take so much damage, or they get a, a focus fire. So if you've got uh, one of the ace enemies that'll come after you, uh, you can really target them and focus them down. Uh, you wind up developing different upgrades for your for your plane. You can get an underbelly turret. So if you're being chased, you can move your uh, nose gunner back to the belly gun and actually have a lot more defensive fire and that comes in much more handy once you've leveled up your pilot and you can climb to you know mid and high heights and once you're up at, at high level altitude then you're worrying about your crew's oxygen consumption and you've got to make sure that you've prepped for this beforehand and you've packed them with uh, with winter gear that helps uh, helps keep them warm while they're flying at height because yeah. I mean this is not a not an insulated, you know, no. uh, central heated plane exactly. Ooh, these are crude. <laughs> these are crude bombers. Exactly, it's a tin can with engines on it. Yeah, pretty much. And I absolutely adore just just so much about this game. I, I think that it does a great job of hitting that roguelike feel. It, it does a great job of hitting that roguelike feel that some other games that we've talked about, I think, kind of miss a little bit, where you've got the the replayability of it okay you set this plane out and it crashed and burned mm. well that's fine you can go and you get a new plane and you do a couple of low level missions but you've got all the research from your last runs so mm. now you just need to get enough money to buy the things again put them into the new plane and away you go off on off on adventures again it does uh, an excellent job of integrating uh, new items for all of your crew members to use. You've got parachutes that you can stock up on the item racks as well as fire extinguishers and med kits to help revive people if they go down. You get into some insanely intense moments in this game. One, like, I, I can't tell you the amount of times where I've been hit by flak and my pilot's gone down and so now there's nobody flying the plane. So you've got a few seconds where it'll just kind of cruise along before it starts to nosedive. So you've got you know 10 seconds to make sure that you get somebody whose secondary skill is piloting get them from where they are to the pilot seat to yep. take control of the plane well one of your engines is on fire so you need to send somebody with an engineering skill out to go and fix that and get yep. that rolling again it just the more you play it the more fluent you get in it obviously and it gives you that opportunity to have those insane moments the really wild crazy stories to tell in this game and i just i thought it was a fantastic game it's well made and it's you know it's always on sale somewhere but oh, even yeah. if it's not like you know support these support these devs buy this mm -hmm. game uh you know the they sort of dove into the the silliness of the dlc where you get like christmas colors and stuff like that and yeah. dress all your guys like santa it's like uh, okay i get it it's a cutesy game and people asked for it but for me i'm just gonna go with the standard blue ref jumpsuit and i'm good and, and i sort of stuck with that but it is a lot of fun. Um, I am looking forward to going back and starting the U.S. Army Air Force campaign. I'm, I'm curious to see how that one plays out. I can't see myself throwing myself into this for 20 hours. Sure. But I can see myself playing it for another two or three. Yeah. And then maybe coming back someday. World War II isn't necessarily my jam, but I, I got a kick out of this one. Not glorious, but cool. I'm I'm glad to hear it. I think that's the way that I play this game as well. Is very much uh, I'm gonna gonna play it for a few hours here and there, and then I'll I'll set it aside. And when I need something that just kind of kills some time and fills some space, this is a really easy game to boot up. I think I downloaded it in about a minute. Oh <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a small game. 
And yeah, so I'm I'm definitely going to keep coming back to this one. So I, cool. I think that's about it for this guy. There it All is. Right. There it is. So, Adam, you like Domina. Yeah, I did. How would you like to do very much the same game, but in space? <laughs> I think we've established that I love these kind of games. Let's go. All right. So Crying Suns, which is a PC game, is, is actually a roguelike. It was developed by Altshift, and it was published by Humble Games, like the guys who do Humble Bundle. Yeah. It was actually a Kickstarter, and I don't even think they had a publisher when they kickstarted the game. Humble Bundle came in later. I kickstarted this game just based on the look. It's it's a very cool looking game, mm-hmm. and it only came out in 2019. You can buy it on Humble Bundle, obviously. You can buy it on Steam. I think you can buy it on GOG. It's uh, you know for just for the PC. There's no actually no. There's a there's a mobile version of it now too. Apparently, iOS and Android. Oh which really? Is very cool. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's very new apparently. And this is a roguelike. And the idea behind Crying Suns is that you are a an admiral or a clone of an admiral admiral idaho which immediately got my attention because that's the name of my favorite character from dune duncan idaho and you're sort of defrosted by this really wild octopus-like computer called an omni and informed the empire you serve has seems to have collapsed i am the only omni left civilization has collapsed because we're not around you've got a battleship let's go find out where the emperor is and what the hell is going on and oh, by the way, I'm sorry, your memory got jumbled, my bad. And this game plays, first off, it's pixel art, much like Domina, but much prettier, I would say. It's got the shading and that sort of stuff. Like it's pixel art, but it's 3D. Mm-hmm. And the game is actually very much like Domina in format. The standard view is your Admiral and any officers you've recruited standing in front of a huge view screen where you'll see the space station and the planet and the and enemy ships that you might encounter and role playing and communication is all text and options. And then if you have to pick a fight with the enemy, you'll see a grid with you in the bottom left and the other enemy in the top right. Actually, no, it's a hex, isn't it? It's hex. Yes. And you'll assign your shuttle, you know, your, your fighter craft that you'll send out and your, uh, your, your guns have timings on them. And when the timer is out, you, you click on the weapon and then where you want it to fire and, and that sort of thing. But you can all, and there's also a sort of a solar map because you'll go into a solar system, you'll do everything you need to in that solar system, and then you'll move on to the next system. But you have to keep moving and you can't screw around because you're being pursued. And if the enemy catches up with you, you're screwed. You will never beat these people because as you're trying to solve the problem of what happened to the Omnis and what ha- you know what happened to the Empire and what happened to you, you're being pursued by something that really doesn't want you to find those answers. Mm-hmm. And it tells this fabulous story and sort of each group of star systems is a sector. 
you make it from the left side of the sector from system to system to system to the right side you beat a boss then you do it again beat a boss do it a third time and that's like the whole that's the whole chapter boss and that's a story you've been building up to you're you're chasing uh, a mob in one of them and another you're chasing this creepy ass church that is built up after this collapse i just finished i think it's chapter three is what i did for our run through here and it's a roguelite you're gonna lose and you start at the beginning of the chapter again, but anything you acquired, you get to keep. Okay. And when, you start a new, and when you start a new chapter, you start from scratch. Because to get from one group of sectors to the other, only information can make its way through and the Omni. So when you get to, when, he, when the Omni gets to the other side, the idea is you'll have the ship and then you'll have to defrost another copy of you and you'll have to start from scratch. But any officers you acquired along the way, now you have them. Right, so it's close. Yeah, and so it's got that roguelike quality. It's a very cool game. You know, if you land on a planet, you don't see the troops you sent. You mm -hmm. see a topographical map and a dotted line. And then you'll see, oh, there is, you know, there's an attack. And you'll see, you know, the icons of your, your, your soldiers and you watch their health go down. And are they injured? And then you move along. In that way, it's a little bit like rules of engagement in yeah. that you are the admiral. You don't control your troops. You don't control the ships. You give orders. Right. And your people carry them out. And that so it matters which officer you assign to the gunner's chair versus which officer you assign to repair and that sort of thing. And the story is cool. The art is gorgeous. And I I really dig this game. I hadn't played it in a few months and man, I re do I regret that now. So what yeah. did you think of it? It's a it's a really absolutely gorgeous game. You can see that um I mean we've talked about uh, spaceship roguelikes in the past on this mm -hmm. show, but this is going for a very, very unique aesthetic. Well, it's pixel art, right? Well, I mean, it, it's pixel art, but even just beyond the pixel art, like yeah. very harsh neon colors in it yeah. and yeah. very like dark darks and bright brights. It, mm -hmm. It's quite a high contrast game. Yeah. And I really, really appreciated that. I thought that it was absolutely gorgeous. Um, you I know enjoyed... what it reminds me of? Cloudpunk. Hmm. Have you seen that game? Cloud no, Punk? I don't. You fly a, play a flying taxi in some insane 3D city. Okay. Same sort of thing. Sorry, carry on. It just occurred to me, like, yeah, this is like Cloudpunk. So, okay, yeah. cool. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not familiar. I'll check it out. Um, but so I, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed the interface. I thought it was a, uh, a great way to convey the information of your captain and your Omni and your bridge crew standing around discussing things you've got. Yeah secondary characters like your uh, your flight master and your uh, uh, troop leader yep. who are sort of off screen that you just sort of secondhandedly interact with yeah but all through all through just dialogue mm -hmm. just, just yeah it's, text, it's all dialogue trees text and options yeah yeah there's no there's no moving people around and micromanaging unless you're in combat where you're dealing with squadrons ships. of ships yeah. Yeah. but I think that they did such a good job they they for they uh, let themselves forego the the micromanagey fiddly stuff to focus more on the story and yeah. the the uh, the execution of that in this game. And I really respect that. And I think they did a great job. I think that they're obviously teeing up for for something, some big massive reveal. I'll probably I I don't know when I'll see it. I'm sure I'll see it at some yeah. point. But I I didn't even make it through the first chapter of this game oh, really? in, the, in the hour that I played it for. Oh. But that was also going through and and doing everything and reading everything and trying yeah. to 
learn as much as I could because occasionally you do get to talk to people at an outpost and you can ask them questions. Well, how long has this huge network that the Empire established been down? What's what are these strange creatures that are chasing me? Et cetera, et cetera. What do you know about me? What do you know about yeah. my wife? It's just a whole side story about your wife and, okay. and and that you are, you know, you're like the perfect power couple. And there's also yeah, like this. They could build a pen and paper RPG out of this, and and if you get the art book, which I think I passed on to you because I bought it, you look at this and go, "There's no way they're not preparing for more games or to expand this universe because it's still a little bit like Emperor of the Fading Suns, which we've talked about before. It's very, very story driven. It's not just what you're doing; it's why you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, everything's got a reason. You're going here because X. You don't have, for example, in FTL, it was just, well, you need to get to the end to tell the the fleet that the enemy is coming. Mm -hmm. You've got a much more involved, complex story here. Yeah. And that is that is the direct main narrative that you're following along with. There wasn't very much that I didn't like about this game. I, I enjoyed the the cold loneliness that it really portrayed. Um, I think that it did such a great job of evoking that with with not only yeah. its visuals, but its storytelling, the music, the yeah, music's pretty good. Yeah, it's just an all around very excellent game. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, we're recording this in uh, on, on January 9th, and on January 7th, the season finale for season three of Star Trek Discovery came out. Mm. And it's got very much the same plot as season three of Discovery, which is they go into the far future to the 32nd century, and the Federation has collapsed because yeah. of something called the Burn, which destroyed every warp-capable vessel in the galaxy as far as they can tell so everyone is isolated and everyone's trying to do their own thing and the discovery of course because it you know it it wasn't there for the burn it has warp drive and it's got its spore drive so it's sort of uniquely set up to solve this problem and that's the whole season mm -hmm. uh, great season by the way but then i like really really like show this is the same sort of thing is that you were at the edge of the empire when whatever happened and now you're trying to figure out why it happened yeah and i'm actually just at the point where i figured out who killed the Omni, who shut down the omnis these these high-tech you know artificially intelligent uh, robots that pretty much looked pretty much ran things they did all yeah. the hard work N now i know who done it i just don't know why they did it yeah. and i don't know what the emperor's involvement is and why is it that no one wants to talk about my wife and why is it people are lying to me about myself and all these sorts of things and this you know it's a really cool way to tell a story it is you know in the 90s this would have been done as a point and click adventure right and i might have told the story just as well but this is neat because it's it's a serious strategy game you're making decisions about what you spend and what you buy and what you upgrade and you never have enough to do what you want so you have to be careful and you're making hard decisions and and quite often coming off as a monster doing it because you have no choice <laughs> you're making all these choices but you're not doing it just to get to the end. You're doing it to learn the solution to a mystery. Right. And that excites me. I like yeah. a mystery. And this game's always on sale. You, you know? know what? You're absolutely right. I've I've seen this thing on sale more times than I can count. It's just I Epic hadn't gave it away. It. Oh, did they? <laughs> yeah, Epic gave it away last week. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, actually, no, I think they're giving it away this week. But by the time people hear this, it'll be March. And they're yes. going to go, well, that's useful. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but the point is, it's always on sale. But, you know, I, I think it's like 20 bucks full price. So go pay for the game and get the art book because it's got all the background in it. And besides the pictures of all the various ships, because at the end of every uh, chapter, you, you deal with some big boss ship and you get to keep it. And you get to use that as your battleship in the next run if you want. 
and, and those, some of those ships are pretty powerful. I just happen to think that the base ship is badass looking, so I stay with it. But, and that's another thing, the art design here, not just like the way it's presented in terms of colors, the ship design is so cool. Yeah. Is these ships look, these ships are not streamlined. This ain't Star Trek. No. And they don't have the beautiful look of Homeworld, which we're going to do. Mm -hmm. Some of these things look like they were cobbled together. You know what it looks like? They look like Minecraft starships. Yeah. But in a good way. Like, they're yeah. really, really cool. I really, really dug them. Everything is very angular and harsh and yeah. big lines and blocks to it. And I mean, it, it definitely lends itself to a sense of believability. Like, oh, this was a ship built in a, a space dock that has, that will never see atmosphere. Yeah, so it doesn't um, need to streamline it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so, no, it's, it's cool. I, I really, really dug it. I think the only part of this game that I didn't enjoy looking at was the Omni when they're sitting on the bridge. There's something about the blown up pixel art with the way that the Omni moves that just looked weird to me and I just well, didn't like it. Yeah, they look like the squid probes from uh, the Matrix. Matrix, movies. yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually really like that. Did you get a chance to do like the prison interrogations? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's the only. It's the only place other than the bridge you'll see in that ship, and that. And it's the same sort of thing. The, uh, the Omni and the Admiral stand there at attention, or you know, with his arms behind his back, and you see the, uh, the prison, and there's a dude behind the, the force field, and you talk to each other. But the Omni always just sort of stands there. I, I think the Omni's neat because I'm convinced the Omni's hiding something. Oh, 100 uh, percent. The Omni's and, the enemy. Yeah, despite the fact that he's helping you through this mm-hmm. and and you're trying to reactivate all these omnis but yeah there's there's just something very neat about him i mean i i can get why you found him ominous because he sort of sits there and his tentacles sort of move and at any minute you expect him to go out there and like turn into a like this murder cuisinart and just kill everyone but of course that hasn't happened yet at least well it's not so much that i find him ominous it's just i i genuinely don't like the visual of it i think that oh, the okay. the large blown up pixels with fluid movements and just the way that it's it's a it's a diamond that is very angular and moves very fluidly i just didn't like it i didn't think that it worked um i feel like it might have lended itself better to of either being smaller or or something but mm-hmm. it just i didn't like how it looked right. and it's the That's only fair. thing that i can say in this game that i just didn't like the yeah. look of well it's funny one thing we talked about in our discussion episode was you know, what makes a good game which will mm-hmm. come out eventually uh, well, you'll, actually, people have heard it by the time this is out. Yeah. Uh, is, you know, aesthetic is important, and sometimes it doesn't matter if the game is well drawn. If you don't like the way it looks, then you don't mm-hmm. like the way it looks. Yeah. You know, and that's true for any game. I mean, you know, I don't like the look of Borderlands. Yeah. So that's even when great. I could play first-person shooters, I didn't want to play it. But yeah. this game, I actually kickstarted it because of the look of it. Mm-hmm. So. And I, I think that on the whole, like 99% of this game is um, absolutely gorgeous. And I'm 100% on board with you. I think that this is, oh, what's the game called? It was like uh, Eternal Torment something planes. Have you ever heard of that? It was uh, sort of a uh, pen and paper RPG game. Planescape um, Torment? Planescape Torment. Thank you. I know the, of it. I've never played it. The sort of the shtick with that game is that you're, you wake up in a bed and you you're you've been resurrected and there's a, yeah. a tattoo as long as your arm on your back listing off all the things that you've done and who you are and the only person that you get to talk to is this floating magical skull and the skull reads off all the things on your back to you because obviously yeah. you can't see it yeah. but the the hook at the bottom is the, the very last line is don't trust the skull and the oh, skull Jesus. never tells you that <laughs> 
that's cool. Uh, yeah, and I, I mean, I think that that's kind of the, the thing here is, oh, you're continuously having your memory wiped and resurrected by this Omni who is your only real friend in the... Yeah, okay. But that's cool. it's, I like that. I like this. I like the story. I like the way it's set up and you know not to trust anyone around you and yet you have to. And yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. So, yeah, so I, I would highly recommend this game. I'm definitely going to go back and play it. This is going to be a great uh, great time sink game for me, I think. It'll be lovely just to kind of float around and, and make my way through the story and really try and delve into this and immerse myself in it because there's obviously a whole lot to, to digest, a lot of story to chew through. And mm -hmm. if you really want to sink into it, I, be I bet that this game is going to be absolutely absorbing for you. Yeah, if you, if you like a good space opera, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So... So yeah, there it is. There it is.